Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Ask LFC podcast. Uh, this is episode 51. I'm Harrison Gilming. I'm uh, Mike Moses, lead founding pastor, Lake Forest Church, Huntersville. Good to be with you guys today. We are going to follow up the sermon and hit the topic of boundaries. We're going to do a, a deep dive, a drill in with a an elder of Lake Forest who is a licensed and uh popular counselor here in the area, as well as a published author. So we're going to deep dive into that today. It's going to be awesome. But first of all, if you're happening to listen to this before Sunday, May 23rd, we want to let you know that we are going to be outside partying out on the lawn for church. It's a go. I can't wait. It's it going to be. Go. It's going to be fun. We got for, uh, for the folks who are uh, going to hang, especially we're doing two services, 930, 11.05. For the folks that want to come out at 11.05, be a little warmer. We got us a, Just a, little. a Kona ice truck for afterwards. Kona ice truck afterwards yeah. that that uh, be free for everyone. Uh, kids first. Let kids get in, fr- in the front of the line, Harrison. That's the main reason I'm coming to church that day is yes. for the Kona ice truck. And, uh, and if you're out of town or it feels medically unsafe to you even to worship outside uh, without a mask, we understand if you worship online. But if you are not out of town. Call your mama, your papa, your community group, all the people in your kids' group, and say, man, we've got to all, let's let's all be there for in-person, pre-summer worship. And we will not accept lame excuses like, it's going to be hot that day. We'll be like, duh, you're going to sit down in your boat on Lake Norman and sweat like a pig all summer long. You're going to sit at your kid's game, mow your grass. Just go ahead and bring your lotion, put on your shades. See that you can sleep during my sermon and no one will know. That's just, true. Just wear, wear your shades. That's another incentive, actually. There's a think big about incentive that. right That's there. Good. Hey, good Sunday to is going to be something else important. It is Harrison's last day before a well-earned, well-deserved sabbatical from ministry. We have a, our elders provide the uh, pastors and ministry staff of our churches, all of our churches in the family, with a generous sabbatical policy that is um, after seven years of ministry, you get uh, anywhere from an eight to 12 week leave for rest, renewal, and refreshing of ministry vision. You have to commit to uh, working for at least another year. You can't use your sabbatical as job hunt time, Harrison. Good to know. Did you get that memo? I'm here, man. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but it's uh, studies show that um, churches that have sabbatical policies correlate to longevity in the pastorate, which correlates to congregational health and growth. Um, I won't do all the footnotes on that, but you guys can email me if you would like. And Harrison, you've earned this so well. It's a year late because of the pandemic. Um I, just, I appreciate you so much. Thank We've you. We've worked together for over eight years now. That's right. That's right. And I'm I'm really thankful. Um, I've mentioned to you, Mike, and and some of my team who have who have I've talked with this about that I am, um, I'm thankful that it ended up even getting pushed back a year. As weird as that sounds, I feel like I'm in a really I'm in a I'm in a better place for it huh. this year than I would have been. Uh, so. You know, we you took hadn't ad- said that to me before. We That's we we took advantage as a family of the of the weird COVID year. There were a lot of unique challenges with that in a way that um it sounds weird, but it kind of broke up my normal okay. enough to where it it didn't feel like oh man, I'm really missing the sabbatical. Okay. It felt like at home and here at the church there's like Felt like there's a new challenge every two weeks, so there's plenty to stay engaged with and like yeah, yeah. fresh things happening. Uh, yeah. But yeah, at this point, I'm I'm uh, I'm very excited for it. Um, it is a huge gift, and we have a we have a great um, plan in place uh, for when I'm out. We have just an awesome group of uh, of worship leaders, ministry partners here who who make this happen every week that are the real engine of it. So I'm, I'm excited to get back and hear how it goes. I'm also excited to rest for a little bit. So, yeah. And I think Aaron Maynard is, is thrilled to be the point worship leader for us, mm-hmm. uh, for this period of time. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that working with her. She's been delightful. She's already been in our planning meetings now for a month. Yep. Um, so a sabbatical, so it's, it's in God's word that he built into human rhythm, 
every seven days rest. Every seven days worship and rest. And he originally built a principle, not a command. Well, it's a principle for us, not a command to Israel to Sabbathize every seven years. Let stuff rest. Uh, your, your crops, your animals, and your own self. Um, Israel wasn't very good at following through on that principle. And it's not a command for us today, but it's a creational principle that, that we are privileged to be able to follow. And I, sometimes I'll have members, and actually elders, when we first discuss this policy, like, man, I don't get a sabbatical working at Bank of America. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm really sorry for you. That, and I really, a church of all places should be a place, uh, it's always been a priority of mine. What would be a most kingdom of God-like workplace that we could create that is most mm-hmm. humane and most, um, how can we reverse as much of the curse of sin on humankind and work as possible through because of the redemption of Jesus? So, friends, I'm sorry, you don't, you may not work at a place where that's a, a, an ideal, but that, that is a guiding principle for us. And so, uh, you have earned it, Harrison, but more than earning it, it just, I'm just happy for you. We also know and trust because you're such a teachable man, you're humble. Uh, you know a lot, and you're really accomplished at what you do. But you're teachable and humble, and we know that a couple of the experiences, you're going to be shadowing some other notable worship leaders, shadowing some worship leaders who've helped their church transition from predominantly Anglo congregation into multi-ethnic worship. We're looking at that here. Uh, So I'm excited to see what you learn. We know you're going to use it well, and I, I pray that especially you're just fully present with your family, Harrison, and you prioritize this is something that one of our elders told me before my second sabbatical, and it, I was surprised that it was a new thought. He said, your whole life, Mike, revol- your family revolves around you and your schedule. Make this about Angie, what she wants to do. Like, always be like, so what, what would you prefer? Do we go left or right right now? And whatever she says, do that for this period of time. You're pretty good at that already, but this is a time to prioritize that. Yeah, no, we're we're looking forward to that a lot, and uh, we've been doing a little bit of that already. Just even putting together some personal plans is a funny story. I was, uh, at, we're doing some stuff as our family. I'm doing some stuff like you mentioned, meeting with some uh, some worship leaders, some creative team leaders, and uh, doing a trip also with just me and and my wife. So I was t- telling someone in in my band, uh, they're like, "What do you guys do?" Well, I was said, "Well, I'm taking Emily. We're gonna just kind of take a getaway." for a couple of days and really explore. We're going to Denver. And they looked at me like, wow. And I'm like, Denver, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing there's some ag- cool new restaurant. There's a cool new brewery there's, over there in Denver. I there's mean, nothing can- against Denver, North Carolina. <laughs> but uh, if we, if I am listening to uh, my family and, and my wife, uh, she might feel a little disappointed if that was the big trip up yeah. the road 15 minutes. Uh, All right, well done. Thank well, you. I, I have confidence in the rest of your plan. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, based on that detail. Well, Harrison, we're also going to miss you here on the Ask LFC podcast. We will keep it the beat going. He has actually trained me to turn the knobs uh, and stuff. So next week, if there's a whole bunch of static <laughs> and feedback, and we'll see how that goes. Um, it, it'll be my fault. It won't be his <laughs> lack of, of training me. Well, let's uh, let's introduce our guest for today, um, uh, Meredith McDaniel. Hello, Meredith. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's good to be here. Great. Meredith is one of our newest elders in the Lake Forest family of churches. She and her family were part of founding Lake Forest Church Davidson. You all had just come to town at that time, uh, and you worshiped at Lake Forest Huntersville, and I was it your first Sunday we actually announced we were starting a church in Davidson and y'all had just moved there? It was. I think Matt Glass was actually leading worship and Michael was maybe preaching. I don't oh, know. Really? It was a weird setup our first Sunday. We did come, I think, one or two more times just to get the full vibe. And then we found out we were going to jump on the launch team. I actually applied to go on staff and did children's ministry for a little while. So I remember yeah, that. Yeah, back in the day, How 10 years cool ago. How cool is that? 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, Meredith, uh, for today's subject, we... we uh, taught at all each of our family churches on the book of Proverbs Sunday. And I honed in on all day, every day wisdom uh, here at Lake Forest Huntersville. Um, and, and I want to just drill in on boundaries. And I thought of Meredith. Meredith is a licensed professional counselor. She's an owner of her private practice in Davidson called Milk and Honey. Meredith is a graduate of Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. 
what she enjoys doing is entering into the quieter places, she says, of people's lives in a safe setting to offer hope and to help others taste of the land of milk and honey. I love that description of your... <laughs> how did you choose that description of your practice, Meredith? Yeah, well, if you know me at all, um, you know that I'm always longing for something. I know that's a human condition, but I always feel like, you know, something could be a little bit different. But you're in touch with it. Yes, and so I can walk into a room and see, you know, what it could be or meet a person and see what, what it could be like for them to live more full life here on earth. And so I think Exodus has always just really been a huge um, whisper and echo of the gospel to me. And so um, that longing for the land of milk and honey and being able to taste of it here on earth versus just waiting for it in heaven, I want to help other people be able to do that as well. I love that. Mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis, uh, a quote that's always stuck with me is that um, uh, on the subject of longing for more of the abundant life now, C.S. Lewis says, God is unblushing in his promises of rewards mm. in his word. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Deuteronomy is full of the sense of, uh, I'm promising you a land of milk and honey yes. here and now. Wonderful. When did you first translate that sense of longing, not only for yourself, but for others, mm-hmm. into the thought that perhaps I'm called to be a counselor? Yeah. Well, when I went to college, I went to NC State in Raleigh, um, I started going to counseling myself, actually, um, just to tap into, you know, what's going on in my heart? Why do I interact with the people the way that I do? Um, And it was funny, my counselor said every time she would come get me out of the waiting room, everyone was talking to me in the waiting room. (laughs) And and as we're going to talk about boundaries, this is ironic, but she would say to me, you know, you don't have to listen to everybody in the waiting room. Like, this time is for you. You can come sit and read a magazine and come back, and I'm going to listen to you. Um, And it was the first time in my life that I think I really opened up and let somebody listen to my story. And it was so impactful for me and really transformed me that I just um, wanted to be able to extend that to other people as well. So I came right out of undergrad and went into um, seminary at Gordon-Conwell to get my master's in counseling. Did you really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Even when you all were... were was Ben on Young Life staff in Hickory before you all came here to Davidson, or where? He was. So we both were on staff with Young Life in Raleigh um, for about a year and a half um, or two before we were placed in Hickory. And then that was around 2007. We bought a house at the wrong time. Um, oh. <laughs> and they shouldn't have given us a loan on Young Life staff, but they did. <laughs> and so um, we ended up kind of relocating to the Davidson area okay. um, right after that. And Ben's been on staff ever since. Yeah, your husband is now the area director for, is it Lake Norman Young Life? That's the title of it now. Yes. Uh, yes. And you all have been doing that for a long time. Angie and I are supporters of Young Life. and. We believe in its ministry. We're thankful for it in the life of particularly our son, Austin, at Hopewell mm-hmm. High School. And then he became a leader while he was at Chapel Hill, yeah. um, an important part of his own discipleship journey. So my sermon, mm-hmm. I honed in on, on what I shared very openly is the most common verse that I turn to in my office with people. I, I made a decision some years ago, Meredith, that before I meet with anyone as pastor, I do two things. I have a, this little prayer that I pray that I learned from Larry Crabb mm-hmm. in one of his books. Something like, Holy Spirit, would your spirit in me arc with your Holy Spirit in them and provide something useful and encouraging in their life? Not from me, but from you. Yes. And then the second thing is I have a priority, if at all possible, if, if, if it's not, uh, I always want to at some point point to a verse of God's word. Mm -hmm. I'm a pastor. To be super clear that I'm anchoring my relationship with people around what God has said, not what I say. (laughs) And so that's just a goal that I have. And that verse that I honed in on Sunday, above all else, guard your heart from it flow the wellsprings of life, um, is the one I turn to most often when people come to me with relationship struggles, issues, um, dealing with how to handle uh, a hurtful adult parent now that I have children uh, and I don't want my adult parent to hurt my children, my little babies, the same way mm-hmm. they did. So so it's actually frequent when someone's children are becoming of an age of they can take things in. They're like, what do we do about mom or dad? Yes. Who You know, we've set our own boundaries, but what about with our kids? So mm-hmm. um, is that a verse that is con- that you 
trace to issues of boundaries, or where do you find, where do you go to in Scripture when you're talking with people about boundaries? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, I do. I love that verse. I loved hearing you speak about it on Sunday because so much of our world right now is input, right? Everything we're receiving. So learning to guard our heart is so important. We can unpack that a little bit more. Um, I think the place that I usually land in regards to boundaries um, as well is in Psalm 139, um, just where it talks about God hemming us in behind and before. Mm. So when I think of boundaries, you know, I think about my middle son who um, just loves to push boundaries, Okay. which is very, you know, that's that birth order thing, but it fits for him. It doesn't fit for everybody. Um, but I think about times where he, he just doesn't look back. You know, if there's a boundary, he pushes it, he goes past it. Um, and there's a lot of full life to be found there, but he also is the one who's been in the hospital the most and gets hurt right? the most, you know. And so those boundaries, that hemming in is there for a reason. Um, and instead of seeing it through a lens of limitation and scarcity, I really like to see it as abundance, um, being able mm-hmm. to find um, more full life within the bounds that God has given us because it's actually a form of love um, mm-hmm. versus restraint, in my opinion. Meredith, that's why I chose the picture that I used that I wanted to stick with people. I usually describe it verbally when I'm sitting with someone, but the, uh, the castle... I didn't. I forgot to mention the second service. That was the uh, Chenonceau, a castle in France that Angie and I had a lovely day bicycling to, so and from from a little little village we were staying in near a castle. Once upon a time, I was going to say, uh, can I get in on that? <laughs> it was a good, it was a really good time. Um, that was actually our first true vacation, international vacation after planting Lake Forest Church, and wow. and uh, a family member of hers gifted us with a place. <laughs> so, but the, but your your word abundance, which is a common word for you, it is. <laughs> was that little stream, but that that fountain bubbling up, the well yes. that was in the middle of Chenonceau Castle, well guarded, mm-hmm. and that and the picture was just this clean, sparkling. So, yes, by protecting that stream and not just letting anything get into it, therefore abundance is preserved, and multiply perhaps how often does the subject in what way does the subject boundaries come up and you're working with people listening to people counseling them what are the most common ways it comes up and do you use that word commonly or is there other are there other words that you prefer yeah well you know I think boundaries is a buzzword right now it's pretty trendy like in the mental health world but also even in the church world thankfully I think those two Mm -hmm. are merging more and more every day by necessity and the pandemic's really you know thrown us into that as well Um, I would say, you know, when I like to think about boundaries, um, it hits every different point of our life, you know, no matter what season we're in, whatever age we're in, I'm thinking about my elementary age kids, thinking about my clients that are middle school, high school, college, Mm -hmm. and then the ones beyond that, even my couples and families and individuals, we, I really talk about boundaries all day long. Is that right? And I might not use the word, but I do think so much of the root of our our problems, our issues, our trauma, you know, and grief um, stems from a lack of boundaries. Um, You know, you guys were talking about sabbatical earlier, Mm -hmm. and I love that our church um, prioritizes that. We actually been on one a couple years ago for Young Life, and um, talking about that spring, you know, bubbling up and the abundance there, um, we can get so um, worn down. I think a phrase that God's been really giving me lately is just feeling worn, but also washed And um, so God's kind of stirring some things with writing around that for me right now. Um, But when I look at the past year for people, um, you know, that's what I sense, like this worn and washed mentality of I'm worn down and yet there's a way for me to be refreshed. And so when people come into my office or talking to somebody on my porch or meeting somebody at a coffee shop, which we can finally do now again and see each other's whole faces mostly for the most part, um, I hear people saying things like, um, you know, I'm, I'm addicted to this, you mm-hmm. know, behind the scenes, whether it's drugs or alcohol or pornography. And that, that's true for men and women, right? Um, I think, you know, I'm burned out from so much work, even doing good things, like in the church culture, especially in the South. We want to be yes people. We want to lay down our lives and give of ourselves, which is a really beautiful thing that God calls us into. But it can also wear us out. Mm-hmm. So we've got to have some boundary around that, um, 
And I think lastly, just thinking about, you know, every aspect of a person, you know, thinking about spiritual, physical, um, emotional, and just all those different dynamics. We need boundaries in all those different areas of our life in order to be a whole person and a thriving person versus just somebody who's just surviving every day, which is a lot of what I think much, you know, many of us have been feeling lately. Well spoken. Meredith, out of the description that I read of your practice and your words already, no one will be surprised that your book that was published, how recently? Um, It was last January 2020, just before the pandemic. Congratulations. It's called In Want and Plenty, Waking Up to God's Provision in a Land of Longing. And that is published by Ravel. And I imagine people can find it wherever books are sold, but also your website is what? Yeah, it's just MeredithMcDaniel.com. So MeredithMcDaniel.com. Mm-hmm. And it's spelled the normal McDaniel and Meredith way. Yes. I think no one would be surprised hearing you speak that that you get in and around the subject of, of boundaries as it relates to living in want or living in God's plenty. Yes. What would you say is one of the most common areas of people who, who you work with are completely unaware that they're ignoring God's principle of boundaries. Therefore, my funny phrase Sunday was allowing the waters of their heart to be befouled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's, a, what's a common area, either in your book or when you talk with people, in which, in which we're just unaware our boundaries are way too low? Yeah, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier just the intake. And, you know, I said we might unpack that later. This might feel like a good time to do that. Um, you know, these little computers that we hold in, yes, a, in our Yes, that hands. is what they are, yes. <laughs> um, you know, I got my first iPhone about 10 years ago, and I really just wanted it for Instagram because I actually really love social media. I think it's like a really creative outlet and a uh-huh. way for us to kind of be light in the dark with boundaries. Yes. Um, but we have to think about what we're putting into our mind. So, I mean, you think about the last year, it's been such a window into, um, you know, racial trauma, political polarization, um, there's just the whole gamut, everything, you know, our, our thoughts on masks, just all the hot topics. And um, I've, I've tried to be really intentional with what I put into my brain and into mm-hmm. my heart. You know, you, you, if you looked at my bookmarks on my computer, you would see that I read a variety of sources. And that's really intentional because I don't want to just read one way and get mm-hmm. lost in one way of thinking. I want to really be open with the guidance of the Holy Spirit um, about what I'm putting in. And so when I look around, you know, at the Lake Norman area, the greater Charlotte area, um, really around the United States in general right now, I think people are getting really lost in the content and starting to forget what it looks like to critically Mm -hmm. think for themselves. Mm -hmm. So um, that phone or computer, whatever it is, we take it with us 24-7. People take it to the bathroom. People take it, you know, in in restaurants while we're standing in line. And and, um, I parallel this to Exodus in my book and just talking about how Um, You know, the Israelites were going through this monotonous, mundane living, you know, when they were in slavery in Egypt. And in some ways today, um, we are walking around, you know, um, in this mundane living and the busyness of our life. And and we're not really thinking about um, intentional design, who we are, our identity. We're losing our sense of self. We forget who we are. Um, We are forgetful people. And so if we're putting content that is going to help us um, know who we are and who we were designed by, you know, by our creator, then everything's going to flow out of that. Um, I think we've got to be guided by the truth of scripture, um, you know, by other people who are guided by the spirit in order for us to live the life that God's called us to live. And that's where that abundance is going to be found. Um, but if we have no boundary and we're just indulging in everything around us and mindlessly scrolling through our phones, mm-hmm. um, we're going to get really lost and really disoriented. And I think that's when, when people come to me or to other counselors or spiritual directors or pastors and say, I'm in over my head. I feel like I'm drowning. All these things are spiraling out of control in my life. Um, help. I'm guessing <laughs> what do I they, do? Uh, yeah, that, that's exactly what I wanted to. What mm-hmm. I wanted to. I'm guessing they don't come to you and say, "Help! I'm reading too much news or Facebook." What are the right. symptoms in their life mm-hmm. that that are the again in the title of your book? They're living in want, and they're describing a yeah. symptom of wanting is why they've come to you, 
and and they're looking for more plenty or, yeah. or milk and honey in their life. They want the goodness. Yeah. What's what's yeah. what does that look? What are the consequences mm-hmm. of uh, again in the words of Proverbs? That's sort of foolishness right. when we are indiscriminate about everything coming into us. What, what sure. We're kind of getting off the beaten path, or we're on, yeah. So you know, anxiety and depression is probably okay. the primary thing that people come in with. Um, I've experienced that in my own life. You know, I'm always very quick to tell my clients, I'm in counseling. You know, I have a spiritual director, and because I experience, I, I don't wow. think I've met a person that hasn't experienced some level of anxiety yes. in this life because we live in a broken world and we have broken bodies, and so. Um, I always want to kind of break down that stigma of people in leadership don't have any issues yes. because that's just not reality. Um, and so, one reason yeah. you are able to offer others uh, wisdom for living in God's milk and honey and promised land more in this life is because you're doing what I named as number two most common theme in Proverbs is yes. walk with the wise and grow wiser. Wisdom mm-hmm. is found in a multitude of counselors. I love hearing that, Merit. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. That you continue counseling for yourself and you have a spiritual director. I do. Um, that's your very disciplined way, or it's a bound. I'm, you're yeah. you're helping me to actually expand what I think of as boundaries here. Yeah. That's actually a. I th- I usually think of boundaries as fending off the negative behavior, usually of unhealthy people who are over asserting unhealth through words or deeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I think. That's where it comes up the most in my own counseling with people as a pastor you're really helping us expand this definition that's like a what are positive boundaries i guess i usually call them practices uh, or Mm -hmm. part of my rule of life that i build in Mm -hmm. but i've not thought about them as positive boundaries that are a boundary that sets the input flowing into the spring my heart that is the wellspring of my life that's really neat to hear so but back to what you were saying, mm-hmm. so anxiety, depression, a lot of these, this is not blaming those who experience that. You have, I have, mm-hmm. but it, it is untangling yes. many of the things that will accelerate those and, and worse consequences in our life. Exactly. And I think just to back up just one quick second, you know, um, putting in practices like that, whether they are spiritual or mental health or the integration of those two, it's preventative care too. Like yes. if we get too far on the other side, we have a lot more to undo. And I do that with a lot of people, but I'm always so refreshed when people come in and say, you know, I'm starting to feel the temperature rise in my life. Yeah. I need how I need the vitamin more than I want the prescription or the pill, right? Oh, Which that's great. Both are very needed. I value both. Um, at just case by case basis. Um, but if we can really, you know, start at, at a good, healthy space versus mm-hmm. having to start in that unhealthy space, it's a lot quicker of a process. There's a lot less to undo. Meredith, it breaks me or Cammie or Mitch or mm-hmm. Jeff's heart when a couple comes to us and says, we're really having problems. And when I meet with them and they've waited until there's almost too much hurt and too far gone to heal the marriage, as opposed to coming in at the phase where maybe a vitamin yeah. would have nourished where there was a lack of nutrient in whatever part of their relationship. Yes. You're giving me some new language today. <laughs> I, I'm going to use that, and I'll try to yes. remember to quote you. That's fine. <laughs> That's not <laughs> my original idea. But so. Come in for the vitamin uh, uh, preventative maintenance before you have to have the pill, which yeah. is curative. And here's why we don't. We don't want anybody to know about okay. our mess. Like when I walked in today, the stage was like in a little bit in a disarray, right? Mm-hmm. Before Sunday morning. Yes. Because um, we're getting things ready and getting in order. Um, but that, man, what if we could walk around in life and feel the safety of being able to let some of our stuff just hang out earlier um, versus feeling like we've got to cover it all up and act like we've got it all together. Now we have to be wise, again, with boundaries about who we talk to, who, um, okay. what about. Yes. Um, and there, you know, there's a, I'm sure a lot of guidance we can give for people who are thinking right now in their head, oh, I actually need to go talk to somebody. Um, who should I go talk to? I think that's a big part of mine is how to decipher, you know, what you need and at what point in your life. Like for me, I started seeing a spiritual director during my whole book, book launch process because I didn't want the world of publishing and all of that to be the loudest voice. I wanted the Holy Spirit to be the loudest voice. Wow. So I needed that carved time you know, once a month um, with this woman in Seattle to be able to do that. 
Um, but then I hit January, middle of pandemic, and I'm seeing tons of clients and this huge influx in my business. And I was like, man, I need to go back to counseling. I got some <laughs> things I need to process because I'm holding a lot of stories. I need somebody to hold mine too. And so um, now I've got both for the time being. I need more people helping hold me up as I'm holding up a bunch of other people. Um, and there'll be a time where, you know, one of them fades to the back and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I think we, got, we have to be really intentional with that. And, you know, anxiety and depression is not the only thing. I mentioned addiction earlier. Um, parenting, knowing how to parent your kids when they're going through virtual school and you're having to do life oh. differently. Like my kids are at the EOGs this morning, which is why I can be sitting here. Okay. <laughs> and it's my first free day, which feels crazy in the last year. <laughs> um, and of course, I would love to be sitting here talking about boundaries. That's like my love language. So, um, <laughs> But I just think... You know, people come in with all different things, and people are walking into churches now um, just carrying so much. Yes. We've got to see each other and yes. provide a space to, to talk about it. Meredith, when, I, when Angie and I and our elders were deciding whether I would accept the honor and responsibility of being president of our denomination for a few years, this was a few years back, one of the decision points Angie and I came to was if I say yes to this, this was a three-year term, while still being pastor here. Um, if I say yes to this, then a, in your language, a, a vitamin or preventative maintenance, I'm going to have new pressure in my life, new responsibility. I need to build in actually new accountability and input. And so yes. I, I would have to say no to some things to add this. But what I asked the Lord for was a new level of spiritual direction in my life. And that actually, I prayed for that. And a man who had been my mentor for many years, like the Holy Spirit inspired him to take me to lunch the next week and say, Mike, I was thinking about starting a spiritual direction group uh, with you and, uh, and maybe two other people we would invite. That was Leighton Ford. That was a Holy Spirit thing. I was like, well, Leighton... When you set up this lunch, you were walking in the spirit, at least in that moment, because yes. I asked for this. Yes. Um, yeah, so I, I love hearing this, and I think this is important for all of us. Um, yeah, really, really helpful way to think about this, Meredith. Um, I wanted to follow up with a question about the last bit that you were speaking of. Um I've been aware in the pandemic, I've had a stronger sense that people who are worshiping online or in person are hungrier than normal for an actual word from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's felt like added pressure for me as pastor and added privilege. Uh, I've had trouble finishing my sermons ahead of time more than normal. And that's part of the reason why. What are people hungry for? What do they need to hear? People who don't necessarily need counseling, yep. do you think? So what would you be telling someone like me yes. who is, my job is to point people to move from living in want to living in plenty mm-hmm. through the abundance provided from God and, and the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ. What would you tell people like me we should be seeking to give to people in worship and teaching? Yeah. Right now. Well, I think I would ask them some intentional questions. I would say, um, you know, what does your day-to-day look like right now? (laughs) You know, when are you waking up? When are you going to sleep? Uh, What does time with Jesus look like right now? How are you feeling about Jesus right now? Because we've just been through like a really wild year. You know, do you have some doubts and questions? Giving some space for people to be able to process um, just the heartache and loss you know, over the last year. And again, I don't want to limit it just to this year because stuff's been going on forever in right. people's lives and it's going to continue to. Um, but probably mo- most of us are more aware than normal that we are challenged emotionally, yes. behaviorally because yeah. of this. And we apologize for the background noise today. We have some workers uh, here in the next room over and we didn't want to ask them to stop work and sit around and twiddle their thumbs. So. Yeah, real life, you know. Things got to get done. So you're sig- you weren't putting that question directly to me as the pastor. You're saying these are the types of questions yeah. we want our people, healthy questions yes. for people to be considering about their own life. And part of that is is knowing our people. You know, I think mm-hmm. I talk a lot about 
um, in elder meetings and things, just like, how can we have a pulse on our people? Like you the do. people that we're pouring into and the people that are walking in and out on a Sunday morning. And, um, you know, I think, again, that's where the intentional questions come. And you can ask, you can ask that one-on-one, but you can ask that as a greater good and a greater whole, too. Um, you know, I think one of the priorities right now for people is releasing a lot of the tension that we've been holding really tightly. So the first Bible study that or book study that I ever did through Lake Forest in an oasis, because I did that for a year before Lake Forest Davidson started, um, was the little tiny book by Henry Nowen called With Open Hands. Um, and that was with Bobby Campbell and a couple other wonderful ladies over here at the time. And, um, just that concept, I think, starting to, to teach people and, and all of us who are listening, you know, what does it look like for me to start opening up my hands instead of holding so tightly um, after a year where we've just been, our bodies have been taking in a lot. So for me, that's been swimming. Like, I'm not a great swimmer, but I've started okay. going. And this huh. speaks to the boundaries because, man, those lanes are going fast right now during COVID. Are they? you got to reserve them like 22 hours in advance at the Y. That's when they all like disappear within like a minute or two. Oh. And you've got these lanes in the pool where, you know, you're sharing it right now with two people because of the high demand and limited hours. Um, and again, it's it's keeping me in my lane, but I'm moving my body, right? I'm releasing that tension that I've been feeling all year long. Um, those endorphins are starting to, you know, fly, all yeah. that stuff. So we need that. If it's not swimming for you, maybe it's walking around your neighborhood. I know, Mike, you were talking the other night about, um, maybe it was on the podcast about you and... Um, your wife walking around, yes. right? And doing yes. that a little bit more. And um, so a we, lot more. we've got to think about what we're doing to release tension in our life, um, moving our body, what we're putting in our body, eating and drinking, actual vitamins. You know, I just like to look at everything holistically. And then the spiritual aspect of that, for me, that's looked like, I call it um, like narrative journaling. And so that's just letting my story like bleed out onto a page. So huh. I know not everybody listening probably doesn't journal, <laughs> but you can have some paper nearby on your nightstand if you're having a hard time falling asleep at night. Like just get it all out. Maybe it's bullet points for somebody huh. um, so that you're doing a brain dump and yes. it's not just swirling all around in your head, that kind of thing. That um, is so helpful yeah. as a specific. I, I, um, I do that when it comes to um, when I'm, have some time away for prayer and I but work tasks undone things keep coming to my mind I write them down and that and that's a way that quiets my mind and allows me to then focus mm-hmm. back on the Lord mm-hmm. I um that's a that is a really neat practice by the bedside for folks who are having trouble falling asleep or calming anxious thoughts at night what yeah. percent Meredith mm-hmm. when you're counseling with people what do you estimate is the percent of our emotional and spiritual health that God has uh, has pro- provided for us creationally through what you've just mentioned. Exercise, mm-hmm. being outside, getting the sun on our face, yes. moving our bodies. What percent, and a, a decent diet, what percent of emotional and spiritual health would you say is God has already provided for yeah. just through those means? Man, I don't have no idea, but I mean, I would say 70 to 80%. Like, really? Yeah. I mean, that's the first questions I ask people because if those basics, if those basics are in place and we're not, our bodies are not optimally functioning, our brains are not optimally functioning. I had postpartum anxiety years ago and I was deficient in vitamin D and vitamin B. And so now I'm on it. Like I tell all my people, like our brain chemistry really matters. And sometimes it's as simple, as simple as a vitamin. Um, you didn't need to pray more. You didn't no. need to read the Bible a lot more. Well, I did need to do those things, but that wasn't going to solve it <laughs> yes. because God has given us these complex bodies. And we've got to think about science, too, and just the way that our neurons are firing. You know, everything in our body needs to work, function function well. Um, and then when we can sit with Scripture and sit with our thoughts and hear from other people, like we're going to be way more receptive. Um, that garden in our heart is going to be more cultivated to receive those seeds, um, and those are going to grow, I think, much easier than if our body's just all out of whack, which is really where a lot of us are right now. You know, we've yes. been in our homes. We have a lack of vitamin D. Um, <laughs> we are just um, kind of sluggish overall. You know, when we get our heart rate up, we feel more alive, yes. and we're just more receptive to the things around us that are good, um, that give us what we need. 
what you just said is is actually in the category of the proverbial wisdom. The book of Proverbs mm-hmm. is uh, general wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's not special revelation that is only available because the Holy Spirit revealed about Jesus or about that the gospel's true and he gave you the grace to have faith. The Proverbs are actually, they exemplify for it. Solomon gathered them from all the surrounding nations and Mm -hmm. peoples and wise people. They're shared with, a lot of them occur in other ancient Near Eastern literature. And it exemplifies for us that part of God's wisdom is he just revealed creationally what are many of the, the best ways for a human to live. And so following the best science for our bodies, for our health, mm-hmm. for exercise, is a way of learning from God's Proverbs, oh, we listen to the best uh, study of God's creational intent. Yeah. And Christians are to learn from that. And then we get to be really good stewards of whatever he's calling us into, whatever abundance and plenty he's given us, whether that's tangible or intangible, right? Like um, financial, you know, um, as far as the ways that what we want to invest in and work and family, Mm -hmm. the balance of all of that. You know, if I'm pouring all myself into work, which I have done a lot this year, um, I I have to kind of look back at my kids and my husband and, and say, oh, whoa. I need to switch some things around here. You know, we've got to get a little, we're a little imbalanced. Um, so I got to have some more boundaries around work, which means for me, that's meant getting an intern. So oh. I can kind of send people her way this summer um, so that I'm actually going to take a sabbatical for the month of June. Are you? Because I've been working double. So I'm like, I got to get out of here <laughs> um, and breathe for a little while well done, so Mary. I can come back and be refreshed as yeah. well. So, you know, with the boundaries, with the Proverbs, um, the Proverbs really are a boundary. Right, like they're mm-hmm. giving us boundaries for our life, um, based on wisdom and based on the truth of God, um, for our our benefit. Yes. You know, it's 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 love. It's not restriction, and it's it's for our benefit. But then it's also for the benefit of others and for the kingdom. Um, and that's what that's what I want to be about. That's what I help want to help other people do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're doing too, mm-hmm. um, all in our different ways, using our different gifts. Friends, Meredith just set down a positive boundary, which is, uh, which is a reminder to all of us: taking your vacation is preventative maintenance <laughs> on your life, on your brain, on your emotions, your key relationships. Mm-hmm. So, f- I was reminded this year: um, oh yeah, I'm at my best when I take a, a two-week back-to-back vacation yeah. in, in July, and I had not done that for a couple of summers and this year I am. Well, and Mike, I'm thinking too, just um, day to day, like we're, we're not always going to be given a sabbatical or a vacation. Correct. And, and even coming out of the, the financial hardship for some people of this year, that might feel like a luxury we can't indulge in. So I just wanted to speak to you real quickly. Um, you know, we can have little pockets of that throughout the day. Um, there's a really amazing app called the One Minute Pause, huh. where you just put it on your phone, download it on your phone, and it'll set these alarms. And um, I think it's John Eldridge, I'm pretty sure, who created it. Um, but he kind of speaks some just words of scripture and prayer, kind of really? centering prayer over you over these different times during your day. And so for me, like being a counselor, I have 10 minutes between each client. I go outside, I get some fresh air, I get a glass of water, I run to the bathroom, and I usually turn on a song or two just to sort of release wow. everything. Um, and then I come back in fresh for my next person. And so that will look very different for, let's say, an accountant or a pastor or um, a mom, <laughs> right, who just needs to kind of grab these little moments throughout the day um, and inviting God into those spaces with you. Um, so you can have these little mini vacations and little mm-hmm. pieces of reprieve throughout your day that really calm your body, calm your spirit. You fill back up with Jesus and you can go back into mm-hmm. your little people, your coworkers. Um, your computer, whatever you're doing, so that um, you can make it through the day and not by the end of the day, you're not just falling into your bed and totally checked out watching Netflix. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm encouraged hearing all of these examples in your own life, Meredith. Yeah. Our conversation went a different direction than I expected <laughs> when I invited you. I, I thought we would really go the direction of how to set boundaries against the unhealthy people in your life. You know, I coach people even through sure. how to, on the phone with your mother 
who yeah. continues to criticize your husband for something he did years ago, but you've already forgiven and you and your husband are working and you've set the boundary. Yeah. Mom, you can't ever, mom, I cannot have you saying, tearing down my husband to me. So, but I want relationship with you. So when we speak, yes. I'm asking you not to talk about my husband. And when you do, I will calmly say, I won't get mad. I'll go, well, mom, we agreed you would not be tearing down Frank right. to, to into my heart. And so I'll talk to you next week when I hope you can respect my wishes. Bye. Yeah. Click. Yeah. Uh, I thought we were going to go that sort Which of direction. Which we could. That'll be part two. That's Mike. a whole other direction. <laughs> but what you've done is you, because mm-hmm. you're so in touch with where people are this moment, mm-hmm. um, uh, you've really gotten to the heart of what I think is most useful for me. <laughs> I'm really blessed by this conversation as well as uh, our friends here listening in. And I think what I might want to take away, and the phrase that you've given that's most helpful to me is, I'm holding a lot of other people's stories. Who's holding mine? So, friends, who's holding your story? Are you going to a wise person, not the fools in your life, (laughs) You know who those people are, or just general people. <laughs> but do you have you picked yet at least one wise person who you are asking to hold your story, and you're going to them? Preventative maintenance, or uh, it's an ER visit. Whichever's going on in your life, yeah. I hope that you might ask the Holy Spirit um, to give you a name of who you're going to ask, and you have to ask them. Mm-hmm. Would you be someone who holds my story and listens to me over these next few months? Yeah. I want to finish by asking one piece of advice from you. All right. I meant to do this earlier. You're, you're a good question asker and listener. Professionally, you never talk enough in elder meetings. <laughs> and so Doesn't I always, mean I'm not thinking a lot, Mike. <laughs> I, I usually ask the person who spoke the least in the meeting to pray at the end, and so Meredith always prays this out. Um, but... Counsel for me. In my sermons, I'm I'm proclaiming, but I've started a practice that I I observed in two different inter, a church in uh, London that I respect a lot, Holy Trinity Brompton, and a church in China that I just fell in love with in Shanghai when Angie and I were privileged to go speak there. Hmm. Right before the pandemic, we might have brought the virus <laughs> oh, gosh. here in mid December, 2019. I I haven't revealed that to anyone. Um, I hope I didn't, uh, but there, they have an emphasis on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and I wanted more of that even in my preaching. So I try to have moments where I stop and say, hey, would you ask in your spirit, the Holy Spirit right now, what, what is the Spirit saying to you about this? And I usually say it that baldly. Do you have a suggestion for me in a way to ask that question in a sermon where people are, they're formed mm-hmm. to, in a Pavlovian way, just be consuming the contents that's coming at them. Yeah. I'm attempting to open up the door for it to be an interactive thing with them and the Holy Spirit, even as I am, yes, delivering content. Do you have a suggestion for how to phrase that? Yeah, well, and I just, I love that you're asking that question because it's so easy to plan a sermon and then just want to execute it or for me to like go into work and have an agenda. But I think what God really calls us to is to hear him above ourself and in our own carefully curated plans, as I like to say, because his are always better. Um, and so for people sitting there in that space, I think you can say something to the effect of honestly, what's going on in your being okay, in your body right now. Do you feel your heart? pounding a little bit around something that I just said are you feeling uncomfortable are you looking down it kind of calls people out a little because it's it's really vulnerable um it is a lot easier to just take in but it's what I said earlier you're you're calling people to something higher and deeper to to um critically think Mm -hmm. and explore what God's doing in their whole whole self their whole being and um and then you know can you articulate that can you speak to what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what's coming to mind? Um, a lot of times I'll ask people questions and they'll just kind of um, not say anything but look off. And I know they're thinking something and I'm saying, what's the first thing that came into your mind when I said this phrase? Mm. Can we talk about that? 
you know? So maybe you say something like, what's the, what's the first thing that came into your mind when I read this verse? What did you feel in your body? Are you willing to share that with us? Or is that something you feel like you just need to keep between you and the Lord? And, you know, maybe that'll come out later. So there's a lot of freedom. It's, it's yeah. messier, though. Yeah. It's <laughs> Are we willing a, to a, go there? <laughs> a hippified moment in a sermon. That's very helpful, Meredith, yeah. because I bet, like, like, I bet you, like me, I can often tell in the room when, when there's a collective moment right. of uh, more people than one are are they just leaned in yes at something that Struck is happening yeah and I assume that happens for you in sure. individual conversation mm-hmm. and I'm trying to more often stop and give time to pay you just gave me helpful language so friends I'll, I'll be asking all those yeah. questions this Sunday <laughs> you're you're paying attention and you're wanting them to pay attention to say it really simply right can you, you pay attention you just helped me to again. what's going on <laughs> But you have to be aware, mm-hmm. and you have to have mm-hmm. that pulse on the people mm-hmm. around you and yourself mm-hmm. to do that. Meredith, thank you for being here. Listen, if, if you really leaned into Meredith's uh, thoughts and, and ways of thinking about the abundant life, I encourage you to, to go online and get her book, In Word and Plenty. You can subscribe to her blog at meredithmcdaniel.com. Um, if you want to see her for counseling, that is a good reason to not ever start attending Lake Forest Davidson. <laughs> you have to stay here at Lake Forest Huntersville because you ju- when you became an elder, you set a boundary. I did. That let's let's finish with that. <laughs> Why did you set a boundary that members of Lake Forest Church Davidson uh, you will not see them in a professional manner as their counselor? Yeah. Well, in the whole counseling world, you can't have dual relationships, which simply means. I don't want to invade people's space on a Sunday morning if we were talking about something really intense on, you know, a Monday morning in my office. Um, And being in two different leadership roles like that, I just want to make sure I'm staying in my lane, back to that swimming analogy, um, and loving people really well with boundary um, Mm -hmm. versus it getting too messy and too complicated. Um, Because when you let your guard down with people, you know, you don't necessarily want to want to do that on a Sunday morning too. Well, I, I think you should make that boundary much more public at Lake Forest Church Davidson because then a bunch of my friends who I really miss <laughs> yeah. who went and started that church and I don't get to see them, they would come back here probably because oh, yeah. they'd want to seek you. I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, only a bit. Um, hey, for the first two of you who email me, uh, Meredith has given me two of her books. I already have one. I've... Uh, sampled through it but it's in my list uh i have a pile that accumulates for every summer (laughs) um looking forward to it but we have two of the copies and the first two people to email me requesting it we will snail mail it to you or if you say i'm going to be by to find coffee sometime in the next day or two i'll just put it out for you thank you for listening to the ask lfc podcast meredith thank you so much for being here thanks for having me mike it's so good to be here we'll talk to you next week bye